Welcome to the High School Athlete Nutrition Podcast, where we chat about fueling your performance on and off the field, court, track, or pool. I'm your host, Stephanie Melitano, a registered sports dietitian who specializes in helping athletes optimize their performance with a strong fueling plan. Whether you're a seasoned athlete or just starting out, this podcast will provide you with specific strategies and practical tips to help you reach your performance goals. So join me as we explore the world of nutrition and learn how to take your game to the next level. Another Q&A episode coming your way. I really love the style of episode that we did last time. And a lot of you did too. You've shared amazing feedback, really liking just the kind of variety between the episode answering your questions. And I really love getting to know what you want to learn about the most. And I want to say thank you to all of the athletes and parents and coaches who shared questions with me on Instagram. Please keep them coming. Um, if I don't put anything on my story asking for questions, you can always go to my website. And at the very bottom on the podcast page, there's a section where you could submit your questions anytime. So please visit www.smnutritionrd.com backslash podcast if you want to submit another question. This first question is from a parent. What do you suggest for athletes who don't like to eat? My 11-year-old soccer player, she put in parentheses. So her athlete just doesn't want to fuel. And, and my first thought here is, do we have a picky eater that we're working with? Or are we just focusing on someone who doesn't like to eat? Maybe they're busy. It takes time away from what they're doing and they're focusing on. And so those are two different perspectives I would take for this question. So First, I've worked with many picky eaters from elementary, middle school, high school, past college, through college, and my number one goal is to really change their mindset from, I'm a picky eater, so that's why I don't try anything because I stick to these, say, five foods, to I don't enjoy everything, but I'm willing to try everything once. So we're kind of just opening the door of variety, and if they find something new that they enjoy, fantastic. This is especially important for the older athletes, those high school and college level athletes, where picky eating has become sort of a personality trait, as I describe it, right? They really just, this is what I do, this is what I stick to, I don't do anything else, and I really want to crack that shell. So with picky eating, I always meet the athlete where they are. I want to make sure that they have the foods that they're comfortable with, but we're also challenging them a little bit day to day. So for example, if they don't love vegetables or love proteins, I think about can we cook them differently? Is there a dip or a dressing that would make that challenging food more enjoyable? Because if they're going to eat carrots, but they have to dip it in ranch dressing, that's awesome. Get the carrots down. I don't care what flavor enhancer you have to use. If it helps you eat more vegetables or helps you eat more of that protein, it's about a balance. And then we can kind of add variety and, and pivot from there. But that's really where it starts. At the end of the day, we're all human. We don't like every food, but we have to focus on a variety of food to meet our energy and nutrient needs. And this is the true challenge of a picky eater is variety, just not wanting to leave that comfort zone. But so often when you are a picky eater and you're limiting your foods to say five, six, or maybe even 10 things, you're falling short on energy needs. So this is where this mom is saying, my athlete just doesn't want to eat. Yeah, this can really impact their performance, their bone health, immune system, hormones, heart, growth and development, and a lot more. This place of low energy availability is where your body just doesn't have enough fuel to thrive and grow and compete as a competitive athlete. And there's some big risks when it comes to your health and your performance. 
If an athlete is underfueling and having trouble making time to eat or is a picky eater, then my mission is making every bite count. This means really focusing in on those energy-dense foods. How can we add calories, protein, essential fats, and good carbohydrates and really maximize every single bite? And here's an example. I want you to think about transitioning from, say, a non-fat milk or an almond milk to a low-fat or whole milk. I really don't think that athletes should ever be on non-fat. We always need fat in their diet to help them absorb the fat-soluble vitamins, especially vitamin D. So that little transition from non-fat or almond milk to a low-fat or whole milk or even a soy milk for plant-based or dairy-free athletes can be really fantastic in just adding in those extra carbs and protein and fats that they need throughout the day. Other things you can do, really simple things, is adding in little slices, little bites here and there. So for example, if you're making them a turkey sandwich, can you put two slices of cheese instead of one? Or instead of just a small little snack pack for lunch, can it be a trail mix um, as their side for snacks? Really thinking about adding in fuel to maximize every bite. The big challenge that I see with a lot of athletes here is not wanting to be stuffed. I get it. Being stuffed to the gills is really, really frustrating, especially when you're trying to head to practice. So what we want to do is find ways to add in that energy density the best we can, like the cheese, like the nuts, like the seeds, like the milk example, right? If they're going to drink a glass of milk, why not pack as much protein and fat in there as we can? So maybe choosing a whole chocolate milk versus a non-fat regular milk, it's the same cup of milk but one has more fuel, more protein, and more fat in it, which will really help them grow and meet those energy needs. That's the main goal when it comes to correcting low energy availability is adding in that extra energy so every single bite is packed with fuel. And this is the goal when I'm working with my elite fuel clients, um, when they're picky eaters or just under fueling. How can we create a strategy to slowly increase that fuel? This is the third key here, really. One, being variety for picky eaters. Two, being increasing energy density. And the third, being doing it slowly. You can't go from not eating enough to all of a sudden you're meeting 100% of your needs overnight. It's just really uncomfortable, especially if you're not used to eating so much. Slow, consistent steps really make that difference. And so when I'm building fueling plans with my one-on-one clients, this is what we're looking for. I always say like the long-term goal is to hit X, but today we're just going to focus on Y. If you could hit this week, in this little goal or these two or three little things, that's fantastic. And next week we'll build on it and build on it. So by the end of the month, they're hitting that goal and they're doing much better versus jumping straight to that big goal, feeling overwhelmed and, and not doing well. We want them to be confident in fueling their goals. So variety is number one, increasing energy density and knowing that it can be a slow process, but progress is being made. Nicole shared our second question and she asked, how should I fuel during a long run that's 60 plus minutes? So this is key. Fueling for any long training session is important. You have to have that strategy for a long run or a long practice to help you maintain your energy and optimize that performance the whole time. Because if you're training for 60 minutes or 90 minutes, but you're not able to focus, you're not able to keep up, what's the point? Practice is supposed to make you stronger and a better athlete so that you perform better in games. If you're not doing well at practice, we've got to change some things. We've got to work on either the timing, the strategy, or here we are talking about the fuel. So here are some tips to really help you effectively fuel during a training session that lasts more than 60 minutes. 
It starts with what you're doing before training. So three to four hours before this run or training session, I really want you to have a strong meal. That means lots of carbohydrates, a little bit of protein, a little bit of color and healthy fats on there to really help prepare and supercharge your muscles with glucose and glycogen to help that energy store for when you get to practice. So this model would really reflect the hard training plate where you're getting a lot of energy in three to four hours before, but you still have plenty of time to digest. Then as we get closer and closer to training, we do wanna add some fuel in, but we wanna simplify this fuel. We're pulling out fiber, we're pulling out protein, we're pulling out high fat options because we want your body to be able to quickly digest this fuel. So a pre-training snack of a simple carbohydrate 20 to 60 minutes before training is ideal. I love recommending things. You can do um, a fruit snack or a fruit leather, dried fruit if you want a more natural option. Fig bars or granola bars are fantastic. You can do an applesauce pouch or a well-done banana. And I say a well-done banana, like maybe a few brown spots on there because if it has more of the green or yellow, it'll be higher in fiber, maybe a little bit harder on your stomach. So really finding what works best for you is important here for this pre-training snack because we want to look at the timing of what's going to work best. So is it 15 minutes out or is it an hour out that you're going to have this snack? And then what are you going to choose that works best for you? Now we want to think about fueling during training. So for anything longer than 60 to 90 minutes, we have to consume some carbohydrates during your training session to maintain that blood glucose, aka that energy level. So these food choices, again, are going to be simple carbohydrates. We're looking for about 30 to 60 grams every hour, and this is going to help your body really stay charged and ready to go. So you have a few different options in what you can choose. If you're running, it may be harder to have something you actually have to stop and chew. So you can look at gels or maybe even some of the running chews or sports drinks. Those can be great ways to get in electrolytes and carbohydrates that are easily digestible. But you can also look at some real food options. So things like bananas, energy bars, dates, granola bars, pretzels, applesauce can be great options if you're on the field training and you should have to stop. Or if it's halftime and you need some fuel, it can be a great option to add in some energy while you're training. The next piece is hydration. Staying hydrated is crucial, a cornerstone, if you will, of your performance. So you really want to make sure leading up to this training session or this run that you're sipping water um, or a sports drink if it's really hot out to maintain that fluid balance. If you're going to be training more than 60 minutes or if it's really hot out or if you're a super sweater, you want to consider adding in electrolytes to replace those lost minerals, specifically sodium, in your sweat. There are a lot of different types of electrolyte drinks out there. It's really about finding what works best for you and your body. When I'm making recommendations to athletes, we're really looking at how long is your training? What's the environment like? What's the weather? What's your sweat rate? Because the more you sweat, the more we have to focus on sodium. So there's different tools, different products we can use that have more sodium or more carbohydrate, really looking at what are you able to eat versus what are you able to drink to make sure you're maximizing that fuel during training. And yeah, it definitely takes some experimentation to figure out what sorts of foods and what patterns work best for you. And that's really where my role as a sports dietitian comes in with my clients because I'm able to give you some good guidelines and good structure in terms of where to start, right? You're not starting with a blank canvas. We have two or three options and we want to see what works best because I don't want you to try these foods 
on a race day or a competition day or a game day. We have to practice fueling and hydrating during training sessions so that your body gets used to eating and drinking those specific foods. So when it is competition day, it's nothing new, your body's used to it, and you can digest and go. We have to train your gut just like we train your muscles to get ready to eat and drink during training sessions and game days. Now we have finished this long training session and we are kickstarting recovery, which means we're looking at replenishing any lost fluids, electrolytes, carbs, and proteins with different types of foods and snacks and meals. We just want to make sure that we are supercharging your body once again to get ready for that next training session, maybe the next day, or if you have two days, making sure that you're really maximizing the time you have to recover. So when it comes to recovery hydration, we're looking at being consistent with fluids. We want to replace any fluids that you sweat out during training. So we're looking at that sweat rate and figuring out how much fluid you lost in that time of training. And then for that recovery snack, we're looking at a nice three to one ratio of carbohydrates to protein. And then after that snack, we're looking at a solid meal of mostly carbohydrates, a little bit of protein, a little bit of color and essential fats to really help and aid in that overall muscle muscle recovery. Every fueling routine is so personalized. My approach when it comes to my clients is to really focus on one thing at a time. So maybe it's recovery, maybe it's pre-workout, maybe it's fueling during training, and then we're able to build on that and have that clear picture of what really works best versus adding everything in at once. And then maybe you have a negative reaction or don't feel great when you're doing something, but we can't pinpoint what that is because we've changed so much at once. So when it comes to your nutrition and recovery plan, yes, it is very, very personalized because we want to make sure that we're maximizing your nutrition for your individual goals. Our next question comes in from Ava. Ava said, I lost my period. I know I need to eat more, but I'm scared to increase my fuel and gain weight. I want to be able to eat what I want, but I also want to feel energized and not guilty about it. How athletes typically end up losing their menstrual cycle is most often due to low energy availability, meaning that they're not eating enough to keep up with the human need for fuel and the training need for fuel. And this can happen accidentally or intentionally. For example, you may only lose your period during the season when training increases and you're thinking that you're eating enough, but you're actually falling short. So your body is kind of shutting things down to save energy for training later. So losing your period in season is common, but it's absolutely not normal. We want to make sure that we add this fueling strategy in the off season to make sure that when you hit peak season, you're not losing your menstrual cycle. Your menstrual cycle is really important for your bone health, for your overall hormone balance. It's also a great indicator of, hey, there's enough fuel on board. So although it may be annoying to have that cycle every month, it is a nice little thing that says, hey, I'm doing something right. My bones are getting what they need this month. Low energy availability can also be intentional. This can start with a goal or a focus of wanting to be quote unquote more healthy. Um, So you start adding in some cardio after practice, or you're doing an extra run, or you're removing certain foods and food groups to focus on more color or fruits and vegetables. And these all sound good in theory, but these small changes can evolve into patterns of disordered eating, which can change your mindset and your comfort level around certain fuel and food choices. So it's important that 
you're not ever cutting anything out. We're always adding in fuel and adding in more variety. Our primary goal is to maintain that energy balance or that energy intake. Because when you have an imbalance or low energy availability, that means that your body's being forced to burn more energy and it's saying, hey, there's not enough fuel on board. I'm going to start turning down some different processes. So it may limit your muscle growth, slow bone repair, which increases your injury risk. And this is where your period gets paused as well. It's trying to save energy to protect those vital organs and systems. But by shutting down other things like bone repair or your period, you're also increasing your risk for other health injuries as well. The number one priority for all of my clients who are trying to recover their period is recovering this energy availability. We're making sure that they're in a positive state. Your body needs energy to be able to support you as a human. We talked about the bone and immune system and cardiovascular system and your hormones. We have to stay consistent with your fuel intake. And so that's my number one recommendation when it comes to recovering your period is creating a plan where you're consistently fueling all day long. Now, this doesn't mean that you're stuffing yourself. And yeah, there can absolutely be a big fear. And I see in a lot of my clients where they don't want to gain too much weight too quickly. And I think as a culture, we have this fear of gaining weight, but for an athlete, some weight can be really great and beneficial. Having that extra muscle or having a little bit of extra body fat can help you build the muscle and have the hormones you need to support your bones as well. So there is a real positive to doing that. You have to give back to your body all day long. We do that with consistent fuel. And this can be really scary if you're struggling with disordered eating. So please know that you don't have to do this alone. You actually shouldn't do this alone. This is part of what I do as a sports dietitian. I help athletes work through some of those food fears and hesitations around consistently fueling. I can really help you build a team as well. And I think that team approach is what's most important when you're trying to recover your period or work through any food rules or different mindsets that you have that are negatively impacting your training and performance. So we can look at adding an amazing therapist to your team and looking at adding a doctor who can run labs and really just making sure that you know that you're not alone through this. Outside of nutrition, are there things that you can do to taper your training a little bit and take some of that intensity away? Because if you keep drawing on energy and keep pushing yourself in training, while we're trying to add some fuel in, or maybe you're not quite making enough strides and adding the fuel in, it will be really, really hard to regain and regulate your cycle. So we have to find a balance within practice. Maybe you're just going to practice and you're not doing any of the extra conditioning or speed work. We're taking true rest days as well on the days when you have off. So allowing your body to truly refuel and recover. I don't want you on a rest day still going for a hike or going for a run. No, let's embrace those true, true rest days. Please remember that it's important to ask for help. If you are really resonating with the, I need to recover my menstrual cycle or disordered eating or low energy availability, know that you don't have to do this alone. Please create a team around you that will help you thrive. You need a sports dietitian, a therapist, a parent, a coach, and a doctor. People who are going to support you and really encourage you to do what is best for your body. That is the key because you cannot be a competitive athlete without being a strong human first. 
We have one final question left in this episode and it comes in from Val. So Val said, what is the best thing you can do the night before a tournament? Yeah, so this is this is a great one. I love that you're planning ahead, thinking ahead for tournament season and what you're gonna do the night before is so important. It's not just the day of fuel because I like to call it filling your battery, right? We're pre-filling your battery before you hit the field, before you hit the court, you are ready to go. Your energy is super charged and it really does start the night before. So your dinner should be a strong plate following that hard training plate with half plate of carbs, quarter protein, quarter color, and some essential fats in there. And we want to stick to meals that you know and you're comfortable with. So this is not the time to experiment with a new restaurant um, or to experiment with new types of meals or food, different foods you haven't tried before. Stick to what you know. So if you're traveling, find restaurants that serve simple pastas, rice bowls, and rice dishes. We want to limit how much fried food we're doing right now. You can have it afterwards. But right before, we really want to focus on supercharging that battery. Then before bed, this is your final opportunity to super saturate your energy stores. So this is a great time to add in a protein and carbohydrate rich snack. I honestly love recommending cottage cheese or yogurt bowls because you get a good mix of protein from that cottage cheese or yogurt and you get a good foundation of carbohydrates as well if you're adding in things like granola or cereal or other different fun toppings. The other beauty of cottage cheese and yogurt is that they're great sources of whey protein, which is a quick acting protein. So it's quickly digested and those amino acids or those building blocks for muscles are shuttled to your muscles. And then it also has casein, which is that slowly digesting protein. So while you sleep, your body is getting consistent sources of amino acids to help really build and recover that muscle before you even hit game day. The third thing I really want you to focus on is hydration. Entering competition day dehydrated sets you back. So the day before, the week before, you want to stay consistent and sip on your water bottle all day long. Don't chug, just sip. We want your urine to be a nice lemonade color or light lemonade color. If it's crystal clear, probably overhydrated, take a step back for a minute. Or if it's more of that apple juice, really dark color, you're dehydrated. Let's focus on hydrating a little bit more. If you're heading into a hot environment, I also recommend adding in electrolytes. So this could come from a salty snack, a salty meal um, with pickles or deli meat or bread or pretzels, but you can also bring in some sports drinks or electrolyte powders because those can be really helpful when it's game time as well. Having a plan for tournaments can make a big difference, especially if you're playing multiple games in a day, back-to-back days. We are keeping that battery full and making sure that you're getting to the end, hopefully at the top. I truly love all of these questions. I think we're going to do individual episodes on most of these things because it's a longer episode and I love it. There's just so many details that I haven't even added in, especially about menstrual cycles and tournament fueling and long training sessions. So I'm going to have to break these down even further in future episodes. Please remember that every athlete is unique and these recommendations are not specific or individualized for you. My goal as a sports dietitian and the reason I created this podcast is to really give you the tools and the boost that you need to make sure you are confident in fueling your game. When you're confident in fueling your game, you're faster, more focused, and you're able to play at your best. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the High School Athlete Nutrition Podcast. Each episode, we are breaking down the basics of nutrition for athletes. If you're interested in building your fueling plan and having the support of a sports dietitian every step of the way, I invite you to check out my website to learn more about working with me. 
Let's make this season your strongest yet. Please visit www.smnutritionrd.com to learn more. Until next time, happy fueling.